Jesus went home, and the crowd came together again so that they couldn't even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain Jesus, for people were saying, he's gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And Jesus called them to him and spoke to them in parables. He said, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. And he said, truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit can never again have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to Jesus and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, Who are my mothers and my brothers? And then looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mothers and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. My working title for this sermon all week has been Crazy Is As Crazy Does. Partly because there's enough to unpack in all of these verses to make a preacher nuts. But mostly because the actions of Jesus are crazy and of the accusations against him for having lost his mind. The nutshell of all of this for me is that this is another moment in the life of Jesus when he's under the microscope and under attack even for the ministry that he has just begun. He's being accused by the scribes, some of the leaders of the synagogue come from Jerusalem, which is a thing we hear often in Scripture. He's being worried over by his family, which isn't such a popular biblical theme. He's being followed by overwhelming, overbearing crowds of people. And he's trying to convince everyone that he hasn't gone out of his mind, that he's not crazy after all, that he isn't possessed, at least not by Beelzebul or the powers of Satan, as some of them have assumed. But Jesus is possessed it seems, overcome, inspired, if you will, by the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit bestowed upon him at his baptism was moving Jesus to do some pretty surprising, shocking, out-of-the-ordinary, hard-to-swallow sorts of things. And people were taking notice. And people were suspicious and they were afraid, some of them. Angry, some of them. Out of sorts about all of it, some of them. 
So they assumed and they accused and they questioned and they condemned all the things about Jesus that they couldn't see or understand or wrap their heads or their hearts around and they chalked it all up to crazy. Because that's how people are too much of the time, right? We are suspicious of the oddballs. We assume and accuse and question and condemn. Sometimes we simply dismiss those we don't understand or who push us out of our normal or who move us away from what's comfortable or familial or safe. Sometimes we even kill them. Which, of course, is what happened to Jesus in all of this. It's been that way ever since, really. For the oddballs, for the movers and shakers, for the envelope pushers. It happened to Stephen in Scripture, the first martyr. It happened to Paul, the evangelist, to Peter, the apostle, too. Got him killed. More recently, of course, I think about Mahatma Gandhi, Medgar Evers, Martin Luther King Jr., of course. Since June is Pride Month, I think about Harvey Milk, Marsha P. Johnson, Matthew Shepard, too. Oddballs. The eccentrics, each in their own right. Jesus freaks, some of them. Outsiders, others of them. Nonconformists, all. Rebels and misfits, troublemakers, even. Their families and friends, their neighbors might even have thought them to be their own kind of crazy, perhaps. And when we take Jesus out of the stained glass windows of our collective mind's eye, he's all those things too. A troublemaking, non-conforming, rebellious kind of outsider. And today's gospel reminds us that all his preaching and all of his teaching and all of his healing was so revolutionary that it made people believe Jesus was nuts. That he'd gone out of his mind, that he was crazy. Even his family tried to stop him in today's gospel, either because they were afraid for his life or for their own safety, or because maybe they really thought he did lose his marbles. Others, like the scribes, thought he'd just been possessed by the devil. And it's hard to blame them, really. Jesus was doing and saying some pretty amazing things which didn't bode well for a lot of people, especially the ones who held the power. But good news that promised nothing but blessing and redemption and fullness of life for those who had up until then been persecuted, left out, sidelined, or worse, the misfits, the oddballs, the outcasts, and whatnot. This good news was crazy. Last week we heard Jesus promise that God loved the world, the whole world, and nothing but the whole 
wide world. And that God sent Jesus into the midst of it all to save and to redeem it. These disciples he'd gathered to follow him and to help him with this ministry were nothing to write home about either. Jesus loved oddballs and misfits too. Fishermen, tax collectors, women. All of them charged with helping the kingdom of God come to pass. People were being cured. Demons were being cast out. Unforgivable sins were being forgiven. More misfits were being welcomed into the mix. And lives were being changed by it all. It was crazy. Because what makes crazy crazy is that it doesn't line up with what people expect, with what people are used to, with what people think they want or need in their lives. So Jesus meets all the criteria on the checklist for crazy. He's just exactly what the scribes and the other religious leaders were not looking for in a Messiah. This peacemaker, this forgiver of sins, this living and moving and breathing force of mercy and love and grace in the world. So if Jesus was crazy by the world's standards, it makes a wannabe follower of his wonder what all that might have to do with you and me. I think the answer is, in that little bit at the end of today's gospel, when Jesus says, asks, who are my mother, my brothers, my sisters? And then he looks at all the knuckleheads surrounding him. And he says, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my mother, my brother, and my sister." So I think what makes us brothers and sisters to Jesus is when we are just as inspired by, just as overwhelmed with, just as possessed, if you will, by the Holy Spirit, just as crazy as Jesus. Because of the grace we've received and by our willingness to share it at all costs. And crazy is as crazy does, right? So what if we spent more time as children of God and as followers of Jesus trying to be crazy by the world's standards instead of conforming to what the world or the church even thinks we should do or be or look like? For the record, I don't think it's always as big or needs to be so off the charts or headline or history-making like some of those folks that I already showed you. I think crazy might look like bending over backwards to be as safe as possible over the course of the last year or so during this pandemic so that we might love our neighbor and protect the vulnerable at times when it was hard and uncomfortable and inconvenient and when others wouldn't do it for all those reasons. I think crazy would mean giving away more money and resources 
than makes sense for our ministry and for other people in the world. To the point that people might think we'd lost our marbles. I think crazy would mean we'd let more people in so that the line for communion on Sunday morning would make guests wonder if they were in church or at the bar or in prison or a hospital in the middle of a parade, parade, a homeless shelter, or the United Nations. I think crazy would mean we'd forgive more readily and more easily so that enemies and grudges wouldn't steal one more moment of our energy, one more ounce of our soul, one more second of our precious time in this world. I think crazy would mean we'd stop fighting about things that the world tells us to fight about, and instead that we would start fighting against and worrying about extreme poverty and violence against women and children and systemic racism and consumerism and the rate at which people die every day all over the world of preventable diseases and lack of clean water, for crying out loud. And I think crazy would look like the kingdom of God happening among us. The kingdom of God happening through us. The kingdom of God happening for us and for the sake of all that God has made. That would be crazy. In every holy, wonderful, faithful, gracious way we can't always imagine, but crazy in ways that only God can accomplish through the likes of oddballs and misfits like you and me when we muster the kind of humility and courage and faith to be those kind of oddballs and misfits and crazy by the world's estimation. Amen.